Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. The world needs to hear your message and your story, so don't deny the world of that gift within you that the universe has given you. Someone out there needs to hear your story because it will support them in feeling hope, inspired, and even transformed. Do you want to discover how I help get my clients out of their own way, show up, and confidently share their message? I would love to extend an invitation to you to join me in my free masterclass, Start Your Own Podcast from Idea to Implementation, on Wednesday, April 5th at 1 p.m. Eastern. You can find the registry link in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography Podcast. Today, my guest is Ashley Castle Barnes. She is a Reiki master, an energy healer, and a poet. Welcome, Ashley. I am so happy to have you here. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Excellent. Well, thank you for taking and making the time to be here with me today. I am really excited to have you and to get started on this and jump right in and share about your story and your journey. So with that being said, let's do exactly that. As I mentioned, you wear those three hats and you call this your unapologetic mishmash of weirdness. I love <laughs> I love that you refer to yourself in that way. How long have you been a Reiki master, Ashley? It has been almost a decade now. I finished that in 2014. Okay. And so how did you come up with that title or descriptor for yourself? And can you share with us the work that you do with your clients? Sure. So one of the other hats I wear is my professional career in leadership and organizational development. So I worked in the corporate world and then I added energy healer and Reiki master and poet. And I was also diagnosed with ADHD over the last year. So to me, all of those things together really just make me a little odd. I've never really quite felt normal in the corporate world or entirely normal in the spiritual world because I I have a foot in both at all times and it kind of creates an interesting dynamic for me no matter where I go, but it also makes me unique. And so I'm able to leverage all of that different experience to help people do what I call disrupting normal by just really connecting in with their true selves, the one that's underneath all the masks and expectations so they can just live a little more fulfilling life. I love that disrupting normal. Being Mm -hmm. a disruptor, it's a good thing for sure. Yes. So what do you do in your other life, your corporate life? Yeah, I have been in uh, leadership and organizational development for about 17 years now. I help leaders and employees to develop and grow within the organizational structure around different competencies and talent development, you know, growing in their careers and things like that. But the bottom line is growth. So whether I'm doing personal work, uh, my business work, or in the corporate world, you know, it's all about helping people grow. I'm very curious to hear what led you down the spiritual path and the work you do. Did this journey of doing this work get inspired through some of your own personal struggles and journey? Yeah, absolutely. So I had a health scare back when I was in my early 30s, and it led to this cascade of events of trying to heal it and learn more about it that led me down a health coaching path, which was a more of a holistic program. So that opened up my eyes to a lot of this 
spiritual things that I hadn't really ever known before. And then once that program was complete and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with that, I was uh, gifted a writing course. And in the process of doing that, I just, I remembered I used to write when I was younger and I hadn't done it for like 10 or 15 years at that point. I had stopped in college. I had a lot of interpersonal things going on. My mom was sick and ultimately ended up dying and I had just sort of shut down. And so that course just it opened up the floodgates of my own personal healing and then incorporating that with all of that awareness around spiritual work that I hadn't, you know, been paying attention to up until that point. It sort of spiraled into this this big path for me and turned into my journey and my work. And so you said that writing had been part of who you were. Was poetry the writing that you focused on when you were writing before you actually delved into that world? Yes, I have written poetry since I was very young. I think the oldest poem I can find, I was 12 when I wrote it. Okay. That's always been my personal genre. What started that journey of, of writing poetry? Why poetry in particular? I'm curious. You know, I don't know when I was a kid why poetry. It's always been the genre that I gravitate towards. And I think knowing what I do now, it I think sort of abstractly and creatively, and I love that it just kind of comes in in collections of words that you wouldn't maybe put together normally. Right. It's straightforward. It's almost like an intuitive process, I guess, you know. So there's some messages in there. I love that I can write something with something in mind, but you might read it and get something entirely different, and it's meaningful for both of us. And you might read it in a month and get something different then and still be meaningful. And that's what art is all about. It's it's very subjective, right? It's what the viewer sees. And that's what I love about yes photography when i would exhibit my work at art shows i the best part for me was speaking to people and hearing what they saw in the images i loved absolutely loved hearing their take and what they got out of it and what emotions it evoked in them yes yeah, definitely how have these experiences that you've been through helped shape the ashley you are today do you think both personally and professionally yeah, that is, I mean, it's, it was a 180, I guess you could say, you know, after my mom died and I had all those early life experiences, like I said, I really sort of shut down me for a long time. And then I got married and had kids and I had all kinds of things in the middle to kind of keep me from really, you know, tapping into that piece of me. And so when all of that opened up, it, it started me on this journey of, well, sort of figuring out who I am, who I was, who I want to be, which, you know, impacted the choice of work I do. I was already in my career, but it impacted how I showed up in that career. When it comes to helping other people grow, I'm having a growth experience. So I was able to bring that into the corporate world in a lot of ways. And then of course, in my personal work, you know, so many of us, when we get inspired for our own lives and we start finding things that work and are personally very transformative, you know, we want to share that with others. And so that's definitely impacted how the trajectory of the work I've been doing over the last, you know, 10 or so years. Absolutely. And so what would you say was the biggest or the most valuable takeaway or lesson for you? Well, the biggest one, I guess, would be just to really being in touch with and allowing the full range of emotions as they come up, you know, stuffing things down and avoiding it really just delays the the inevitable. It's eventually going to come out. You're going to you're going to need to process that at some point and it probably is going to come out in a not so pretty way. <laughs> um, and then I guess the biggest piece of that for me, that big aha was that you can't stuff grief. 
and not stuff joy. If you want to feel all of the emotions, you have to feel all of the emotions. You know, you don't get one and to have one and not the others. And, you know, I just came to a point where I realized I'm just sad all the time. And that's not how I want to live. I have family and, and great things going on. So really, you know, getting into that, being able to touch in touch with my emotions and, and hopefully help others do the same. Grief is such a tough road or a tough animal to navigate it's and we're not taught how to deal with it yeah. you know it's it's a really tough road for sure it is it's very vulnerable what inspires you or lights you up the most about the work you do ashley i really have always loved seeing people grow and shift and i knew that i wanted to do work like that when i was very young i mean i asked my mom at 16 what do i got to do to help people well, I was watching a show on someone with multiple personalities. I wanted to help somebody with that. So I didn't necessarily want to get that intense, but she was like, psychology, you want to be a counselor. And that's really what I intended to do. But from a very early age, but even, you know, doing Reiki work or doing leadership development, you know, just seeing people shift and their lives improve because of those shifts. It's so rewarding to watch and be a part of supporting them in that process. Now, on the flip side of that, what would you say is one of the most challenging parts of the work you do? Well, it's awfully hard to know that you can help someone or to try to give them support. And they're not ready to do the work. They're not really bought into it. They can't see the value. It's very hard to watch that happen and to let people just have their own path, you know, and stay in your own lane and and just trust that they know what they're doing and that they'll get there on their own time. Yeah. Now, I want to talk, go back a little bit and talk a little bit about the work you do in the corporate world in your other life. (laughs) You obviously, you've worked with a lot of people in leadership roles and you yourself have worked in leadership. So what would you say are the top three traits in a successful leader? I'm going to say at this point in my life, I might've said something different a few years ago, but authenticity is so big and we're seeing that so much now post-pandemic with what people are expecting from leaders that they always wanted, I think, but didn't name. And now we're demanding it and it's beautiful. And I think empathy is huge. I think we've had such a top-down directive leadership type models in the past. And I think we're learning that you have to have empathy for each other and empathy that translates into the action of compassion. Um, And then I think adaptability and open-mindedness is absolutely crucial at this point. You know, we've got to be willing to change and adjust and and take on new ideas and be willing to look at at things differently as they come along, or we just can't move into the future. And all of those rules, all of those three traits, not rules, sorry, three traits, those apply directly to entrepreneurship as well. They do. Yes. 100%. How have you embodied those traits in your day-to-day life and in your business? Yeah, well, (laughs) I have to say I'm a little biased because I'm a natural empath. I I take on all the things, all the feelings of other people. So I think it's almost for me the reverse in that I've had to really learn how to not take that on while still (laughs) being able to hold space for people and in their vulnerability and in whatever they're going through and have that empathy for them. And then I'm naturally very flexible and open-minded. So I change easy, but I have figured out, you know, over time that there's areas where I really clamp down and and want to have control. And so really working to be self-aware, to know where I'm trying to control and where I need to, to be more adaptable. And that authenticity piece has been big for me because I feel like, 
I really have spent a lot of time trying to fit into other roles and expectations, which I think happens a lot in the corporate world, but it happens in entrepreneurship too. You know, I've walked both paths now and I see so much of what we're told, certain ways we have to do things and be, ways we have to be, and really figuring out what works for me and my unique self and my unique needs and my unique clients or people that I'm serving is super important to just figure out who I am so I can do that with them as well. I think that's one thing that has been demonstrated through the whole pandemic situation is that we don't have to do things the way we've been brought up and conditioned and taught to do them anymore. Things have changed so drastically and our eyes have been open to the possibilities that we have and the options that we have to do things differently. Yes, absolutely. And I see that on both sides of the world. I see that in the coaching world. I see that in the corporate world and it could not come any sooner. Has it changed that drastically in the corporate world? Well, (laughs) I think the thought process has changed. The movement in the corporate world is so much slower (laughs) than anything else. And I'm in healthcare. So that is even more of a, Oh yes. More red tape and more bullshit. Oh gosh. So many policies and procedures and legal considerations that, yeah, it is harder, but there's definitely an appetite for change. People are seeing that things need to change and in their own ways, everybody's taking steps. I think most people are taking some steps in that direction. Which is the important part. As long as people and corporations are taking the steps to start implementing change and shifting that way of thinking, that's the important piece for sure. Yes. What is one tip or takeaway that listeners can implement immediately to start stepping into that leadership mindset? I think one of the biggest and probably, I'm going to say simplest, but not necessarily easy is a practice of self-reflection, whether that is journaling or meditating or, you know, taking assessments like DISC or StrengthsFinder or Myers-Briggs, just anything that you can do to get to know and understand your, your unique self, how you're wired, how you tend to work best or not. Um, all of those things just really help us to be better leaders because we're not, we're showing up authentically. It's that, it's that same word again, right? We're being authentic yeah. because we know ourselves so we can be that way with others and we can show up fully. Now, with regards to your spiritual gifts, back to that again, when did you discover that you had the gift of being an energy healer and how easy or how hard was that to embrace for you? So it's an interesting story. I had no idea that any of that existed. I was working in my corporate world in a hospital, and I joined a holistic care council, and they were in the process of bringing in a healing therapies program that was run out of the corporate office of this healthcare organization. And I was just enamored at the discussion that we had about it. You know, it was just an intro, like this is coming, you know, who wants to sign up? So I was like, please let me be in this. This is so fascinating. And of course, I'm not a nurse. I'm not a patient care person. I'm in HR. So I was surprised that they let me join, but I think they wanted the HR help, right? To get it into policy after it was over. But I went through this program. It was a nine month program, two days, every few months for, you know, nine months. And 
it was absolutely mind-blowing. Like, I was bought in from the second I started, I found out about it. I don't know if I would say it was easy, but it, it made sense in some way that it's hard to explain because it doesn't make sense, right? It's invisible. Like, you can't see it. You can't touch it. But we did so much practice and so much discussion and all this work around it, and I, I could feel it, like, immediately. And I could see it working, and I could see, you know, shifts happening with people, physical and otherwise, in a very short amount of time. And so I was bought in, like, quick. like <laughs> Immediately. I, I that, <laughs> yes, and I love that I learned it in the corporate environment, because I think it kind of ties in everything I've been talking about. You know, the intent was to do it with patients, but we never really got to do that because we never got policy. So we ended up doing it with other employees and employees loved it. You know, they have a headache and their headache is gone. They're like, wow, this is amazing. It is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and so when did you decide to start using your gifts to help people like to actually in your business? Yeah, that was a, a transition. So I started off actually as a health coach. Uh, you know, I got a health coaching certificate and I was really into it until I started doing the work. And I realized I really didn't like to help people with diet or exercise, but I was really drawn to the mental, emotional, spiritual side of well being. And then I learned the energy work. So I was doing just Reiki sessions with people. Well, I, I added Reiki in addition to this healing therapies program. So I was kind of blending those two methods and I was doing individual sessions with people. And as that was going on, I noticed I was spending more and more time with them, getting deeper, doing more. We were spending 90 minutes. I was taking notes. We were having all kinds of conversations and big shifts were happening. And I'm like, this is beyond just a Reiki session, right? Like this is more like a, like a sort of coaching, sort of energy work bigger thing that's happening here. And so it it happened gradually, but eventually it became more like a Reiki coaching type situation where we start off really looking at, you know, what are you struggling with? You know, what are you wanting to achieve? Do an energy session and then come back together with all the notes and walk through, you know, this is what chakras were open. This is what chakras were closed. These are the kind of symbols and things that came up for me, what came up for you and really working with that about what that means for them and then giving them some practical homework to do really simple things. So like if root chakra was an issue, you know, do some grounding work, you know, things that they could easily incorporate into their life. So we're not disrupting or making things harder and like I said, the more we did this, the, oh gosh, you know, the shifts just were noticeable after, you know, at least four sessions, you started to really see some things changing. That's powerful. Yeah. Ashley, what do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? I mean, I think it's that empathy thing or empath. I mean, they're a little bit different. You know, I'm really pretty in tune with people. I always have been in terms of their needs and what's going on with them. I don't know if I always have known what to do with it, but <laughs> I can definitely feel it. I can read a room pretty easily and figure out or at least be aware that something's off when other people can't do that. It's super helpful in the business world. There's always some weird energies going on in the corporate environment, but it's also obviously pretty helpful when you're working with people in an energy capacity. And so speaking of success, how do you define that word? What does the word success mean to you? For me, it is when the outer work is in alignment with the inner self. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before you learned it? And what was your life like after learning it? 
So one of the most important things recently, I guess we'd have to say the energy work was one of the most life-changing things. But more recently, I, I mentioned I was diagnosed with ADHD. And the reason that was significant is it was literally never on my radar. But I've always known something was off. And I have done all of this personal empowerment work for years between the energy work and uh, a women's organization that I've been a part of and, and other things throughout the writing, all the things that I do. And there just still was something that didn't quite sit right. And learning about neurodivergence and how people who have neurodivergence show up in the world and the struggles that we have, I was like, oh my gosh, this is, explains my entire life from like childhood to now. And it kind of gave me a sense of self that it was like a missing piece just yeah. finally came into place. And all of a sudden I'm like, that explains all of these things and kind of gave me a different level of confidence because I thought something was wrong with me. You know, that's right. mostly what I've been told for my whole life is you're not doing something right. And suddenly I'm like, no, it's just how I'm wired. It's just me. Eureka. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> it's huge. Who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? Well, that's probably going to have to be my mom. I, I mentioned that she passed away. Gosh, it's been 20 years now. She died of cancer. But she was an interesting person in the sense that she was super smart and super empathetic also, very intuitive person. People loved her, like, flocked to her. She just was had such a warm personality. And on the flip side, she wasn't perfect. You know, there were things about her that were frustrating and, you know, <laughs> kind of codependent and some things like that. And so, you know, it's really interesting to be on this side of it and be able to say she wasn't perfect, but she was a, a really good person and somebody I can look up to, you know, sometimes for things that I don't want to do, sometimes <laughs> for things I really want to be. She had one of the biggest hearts of anybody I've probably ever met. So, yeah. Beautiful. Ashley, what is the most recent investment that you've made in yourself? I recently joined a certification program called Transformative Language Arts Foundations. I've discovered it, you know, 10 years ago or so when I started writing again and I just didn't feel like I was confident enough to write with other people. And I, it popped up again on my radar recently. And I'm like, I have wanted to do this. I want to learn more about how to facilitate writing as part of all of this healing work I do because it's been so healing for me. I've never really known how to do it with other people. And so I have started that program in January. Congratulations. Fascinating. Yes, I love it. What is one of your biggest failures or life lessons, we'll call it, or teachable moments? And what did you learn from it? You know, this is going to sound funny, but I'm going to say it, it's my business in the sense that on paper, it is a failure in that I have, I, I started it with the intent of leaving corporate and, you know, being a health coach or something else. And that has never happened. I've never gotten it off the ground to the point where, you know, it made it significant enough money or had enough clients or whatever. So on paper, it seems like a failure, but I've had so much persistence around the work. Really, you know, always evaluating and saying, is this the right thing? Do I need to shift? Can I do something different? And being willing to change and to say, maybe I'm doing the wrong thing for the moment. You know, maybe I just, this is not the right thing now, or it was the right thing a few years ago, but it's growing into something else. So I think the ability to be really persistent and not give up, even though, you know, it wasn't going the way I thought it would go when I started right. has been a big lesson for me. What does the word empowerment mean to you? 
know, I really believe it's being able to see your own strength and your own self-worth and just really accept yourself as you are and not as others expect you to be. Ah, other people's expectations. Yeah. <laughs> that we can get mired in that and dragged down in that and the whole people-pleasing thing and all of oh, those yes. things that come along with that. And it can just drag us all the way down. Absolutely. What challenge in your life would you say has shaped you the most? I have to say it has been raising my children. My kids had just came out with really strong personalities and didn't really let me get away with much from a very early age. Very vocal, very, very insistent upon who they wanted to be and kind of forced me to really step back and, and, and evaluate my, my own self, how I parent, but that automatically goes back on, on who you are as a person, right? And gosh, they tend to poke every wound you've ever had or <laughs> didn't know you had. And so they just constantly challenged me to be a better person. Raising kids is the toughest fucking job in the world. There's <laughs> yes, nothing yes. tougher than that. We're not given a manual. It's not like we walk out no. of the hospital with a manual on, okay, here's what you got to do. That's like on the job training at its yes. core. That's the definition of that is on the job training. <laughs> yes. Trial by fire. <laughs> oh, and it's not easy, but no, you know, not. they teach us a hell of a lot too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm happy to say they're 18 and 20. So there you go. <laughs> Boom, I did it. <laughs> you did it. Although it doesn't stop there. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. I actually have two older stepkids. So I'm, yeah, it, it, <laughs> it just, the responsibilities change or the parenting requirements change. That's all. Right. Right. Exactly. Your role and how you support changes. Yes, exactly. What is an unexpected blessing or occurrence in your life that you're grateful for? It's a perfect segue because I, it's my blended family. You know, when I separated from my first husband, I had two tiny little kids and I was not looking for another relationship for sure. And I ended up meeting somebody sort of accidentally and he had two older kids and we did a Brady Bunch thing. And that was <laughs> 18 years ago in February. And we raised all of our kids together for better, or for worse. And... Yeah, it's just a, a blessing I just never truly expected to have. The Brady Bunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. I haven't thought about that show in a long time. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. We're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions is just be two, three, four word answer type thing. Okay. Okay. How would you describe yourself in one word? Weird. <laughs> <laughs> If you were writing your autobiography, what would the title be? Coming home. If you could teach the world one thing, what would that be? Be unabashedly you. Weird it up. Let your freak flag fly. Yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite self-care practice? I love a good Epsom salt bath with lavender oil. If you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be? I would love for somebody's life to be positively impacted by my writing or my coaching or just being connected with me in some way. Love that. What never fails to make you laugh? Talking animals and physical humor. <laughs> talking animals. <laughs> I love talking animal movies. <laughs> There's lots of those out there, that's for sure. There are. <laughs> that concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. What's something surprising that you've learned about yourself in the last year? Well, I kind of been joking about 
be weird, but honestly, it's not really a joke. I kind of actually have learned to like this. You know, it has been, I'm reclaiming that word in a positive way because I felt, like I said, for so long that I didn't really fit in, that I was weird in the bad kind of way. Yeah. And I'm actually really coming around to wanting to look for ways to stand out a bit and to be a little bit weird on purpose, not for the sake of being weird, but for the sake of being me. Yeah. Well, the world would be pretty damn boring if everyone was the same. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You got to do what you got to do to stand out. Yes, exactly. What aspect of your personality do you think has been the most helpful in your career? Well, I think I'll go back to empathy and and intuition. I think those two are really highly intertwined for me. So just this ability to really connect in with people drives you know, all the choices I've made in my career, both the business and my corporate career. What do you see as your greatest accomplishment? I have so far published three books of poetry. Congratulations. Yeah. And I was in a a collective book. I had a chapter in a group book last year as well. Awesome. If you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? Well, I'm going to have to say my mom. Yeah. <laughs> As I miss her, I would like to see her for an hour. And honestly, because she was very wise, and I think she probably has some interesting things to say after all these years. You know, I, I think about that all the time, too, my grandmother, my dad, and it would be great. But then I think on the other side of it, an hour would never be enough. Yeah. Like you, you'd have them there for that hour, and then it'd be like, no, you can't go. I don't want you to go because there's yeah. so much more to talk about. Yes, that would be very hard. Yeah. That would be tough. If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Don't stop writing. And lastly, Ashley, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, your tribe, your corner of the world, your people, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What words of wisdom would you impart? I would say follow your weird Just embrace that part of you that wants to hide, that part that doesn't feel good enough or like you fit in with anything because you do. And your weirdness is needed to make the world a more interesting, kind, and better place. (laughs) I love it. Ashley, thank you so much for taking and making the time to be here with me today and share a little bit about your story and your journey. It has been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. You are a bright, beautiful light in the world and keep flying that freak flag. Keep being your weird self and... Keep putting that out there and letting others know that it's okay to do so as well. I appreciate you, and I'm so grateful to have had this opportunity. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was great to be here with you. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Ashley Castle Barnes. She is a Reiki master, an energy healer, and a poet. Thanks so much, Ashley. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thanks, you too. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.